When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to that pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Fury's Finest Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we will raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. We will announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is an Asgardian. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game will all count as long as they follow this theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model, then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of your freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos to furypainting at gmail.com by October 3rd to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know who to send the prizes to. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea. Bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I am doing fantastic. I am super excited. I'm going to get another dojo session in on painting. Excellent. Tomorrow, going to try to get my Brotherhood team all finished up. At least they'll all be primed and, you know, with a little bit on them. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, really exciting stuff. I'm on the way towards being a self-sufficient painter. (laughs) Aren't you guys proud of me? We're very proud. It's it's a big it's a big thing when you get there, you know. Hey, um, one of my big motivating, you know, factors for this is wanting to be able to enter into the painting cost painting contest with no name myself. So perfect. Shout out Dylan, what up? That's right. Shout out to Dylan. Those Asgardians are waiting and they are ready to be painted. So definitely check out that episode if you guys have not yet and paint some Asgardians before October. But Chris, today we're doing something a little different. Recently, it's been pretty fun on the show. We had news, mini extravaganza. Oh, yeah. We had my Lone Star Open retrospective Mm. with Omnis. The brand is strong. The brand is strong. Taking the championship there was unreal. And you and I talked about this last episode on Dr. Voodoo, but it's still like, it's still setting in with me. You know, it's a crazy thing. And I have all sorts of people messaging me questions about my list and Miss Marvel and the list goes on, right? I love it. It's awesome. We're in that little lull after the storm, not before, Mm -hmm. uh, after Mm -hmm. the storm of just an insane amount of news and hype and new models and new affiliations. And and then the next weekend, you win an open, you know, storm returns, (laughs) (laughs) storm's finest, right? Right. That's right. But man, you know, and, and now we kind of get to sit back and digest all of this. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a really nice time in MCP. We got a lot of exciting things coming, as well as the game is in an excellent place right now. Absolutely. I think the meta is in a really good place. It's really interesting meta we're in right now. 
And on top of that, we've got Winterguard and Malekith around the corner. I'm very exciting about that to see those in the wild play against them, play as them, try them out. And then, of course, after that, we got Hydra and Shield, new content coming very soon. I think, yeah, I already think Shield's positioned to be one of the best teams in the game, Chris. I already think they are. And I think Shield getting some new models, it's going to be real, man. I'm a little scared of our impending Shield future, to be honest. Yeah, that Fury Senior is real. For that real. Guy's gonna be and, everywhere. But, you know. I will welcome our shield overlords with <laughs> open arms as to keep my life. But, you know, we'll see. We just got to learn how to play against them. And some new yep. models uh, will also shake some things up. And hopefully we see some new affiliations up at the top or some oldies uh, returning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really think every time a new affiliation comes out in the game and every time new models come out in the game, you know, it's a perfect time to play an experiment. It's this thing we've talked about oh, a lot. Yeah. People are going to be trying Ursa major places. I think they should. I think it's going to be really fun. Crimson Dynamo is going to be a lot of places. Crimson Dynamo is going to be a lot of places. Absolutely. And on top of that, we got teams like Hydra, which I'm super excited to get into because I think Hydra is going to bring a lot of life into a lot of characters that, frankly, have not been played much in this game, like Omega Red, like Viper, like Mr. Sinister. I can't wait for that. Oh, See, I say I want something like this. I say that I want Mr. Sinister to be a top character that we see a lot right. of places. But, you know, if that's act, if that actually happens, if that becomes reality, <laughs> I mean, how annoying is that going to be when every other game is facing off against a Sinister that's magically pulling a four threat character in round you know, five or something somehow? Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm saying this is in the future. It isn't cracked yet, but when it is, it's going to suck. But hey, man, we could be there soon. And it just everyone's playing Sinister and everybody's bringing Nebula in for free. And she's just, oh, I think think that's that's the way to go right now. That's legit. Nobody's just nobody's doing it with regularity enough yet, but it will. Somebody will eventually. And it's going to be good. The thing I am looking forward to the most, and I think everyone should understand this by now Pyro and Blob. I want to see those cards. Right. I've got spots for them in my mystique led brotherhood list already. Just yep. waiting. I'm very excited to see what they do and how they're going to change the affiliation. I really think they're going to help the mystique, the mystique leadership quite a bit because Mags doesn't need any help. That's true, but they'll help both teams, right? Because they're just more affiliated models. Yeah, you're waiting on that, Chris, and I'm waiting on the very end of the year. If everything goes according to plan, we get that Logan the Wolverine and Sabretooth the Savage. Oh, my goodness. Apex Predator. If that comes at the end of the year like it's supposed to, you know what I'm going to be playing in X-Men. It's going to be that new Logan. That's that's absolutely how it's going to be. Do we have any more information on that yet? I just, I can't, I'm baited breath. That one image was not enough for me. I think the only information we have is quarter four this year, you know, and like Ugh. you and I talked about all those new tech cards, give some, which give me some I'm leaks. Excited. <laughs> give me some leaks. I can't wait. I feel like he's going to slot right into my team for X and rightfully so. My favorite version of Logan is, is probably that era, that version of him and yeah i just love to play that but we'll see time will tell viable saber tooth will make me a very happy boy very very true and that sculpt man that sculpt <clears throat> so with all that said we finally got back into our normal format of the show we did dr voodoo he was a tough episode to do he's a tough yes. lore character because he might be the coolest character in all of marvel with how little he is in the forefront right well and he's also been amazingly misused you know classic marvel yeah happens well yeah (laughs) (laughs) for sure but yeah i'm happy we got into that episode and as i mentioned last episode we are fully in the swing of our convocation series now so we are going to frame things through the mindset of convocation it is one of my primary teams so i will try to drop knowledge where i can when we do these episodes but more importantly something to think about when we do this series of convocation any one of these people can be your leader in your team and that's just a puzzle in itself and that's something to think about while we do these episodes because yeah certain people might be your leader most of the time but any of them can be your leader and that's part of the affiliation that's part of the charm and i know different today in fact pretty paramount today because i think this is somebody you make your leader a lot in convocation i am looking forward to being illuminated on that end jesse because as you know convocation is an affiliation that i am very interested in just lore wise the characters i love them yep but play style it's not my play style at all <laughs> i'm a knuckle dragger and i cannot wait for you okay. to uh kind of smarten me up as it were i'm gonna do my best i'm really excited to get into more convocation today chris and you know with that said 
we have something on the show today that's very unique. We're over 110 episodes in of this show now. So awesome. And it is crazy to say this is really the only the second instance we've done of this. And this is obviously something we're going to do more of in the future because AMG has blessed us with so many more models, multiple versions of characters. The list goes on. Amazing Spider-Man comes to mind that in his 30s Spider-Man, oh, yeah. right? We haven't done these characters yet, but what I'm alluding to is we are returning to a character day we have not returned to in some time. We did Defenders Doctor Strange earlier on the show. And today we are doing Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. It's our second instance after Natasha Romanoff of doing another alter ego that's exactly the same. We are doing Stephen Vincent Strange again, but this is a different version of the character in lore a little bit and definitely a a different version of the character in the game in a major way. You know, Jesse, I've said this before and I will continue to say it. I really believe that by and large, most of these characters are Uh, specific snapshots in their history uh, from their cards to their depiction uh, in the sculpt, their power sets, everything. I I really think that most of these characters, AMG has a very specific time frame from their history. They are kind of pulling them from. And I've thought that for a long time. And now that we're getting so many new versions, it's really being confirmed, but yeah, this is going to be a new mode for the show. Uh, So, you know, Pardon us as we kind of figure out the format on this one. Yeah. Today, we're, we're going to explore it a little bit, and I'm very <laughs> excited to get into it. But Jesse, first, we have a little business we got to take care of. <laughs> Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show and like to join our Discord community, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. You can join the Patreon with as low as a dollar a month. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we have an individualized and very special shout out to our patron of the week, Jeremy. Jeremy, thank you so much for your support. Huge shout out to Jeremy. Thank you. And of course, Chris, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers that make this show happen. They get their names read every episode. That's Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, and Rich. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, Chris, we're in lore, and we're not going to do necessarily our normal lore format. We're going to do something a little bit different today because we have already done the super massive deep dive on Dr. Stephen Vincent Strange. That was one of the... That was one of the... F- early big ones if i remember correctly it was no scott but it was i don't want to talk about the boy scout (laughs) Uh, that was a tough one (laughs) so with that in mind that that already exists this is a supplement to that episode so if you haven't heard that episode definitely go check it out listen to it because that's going to cover a lot of the main aspects of the character we always cover when they were created, who created them, what their baseline superpowers are, wh- what year they started, what are some of their most pivotal storylines. So that was Defender Strange. And we focused on that with that in mind. Today, we are focusing on Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, which we have to look through the lens of MCP. And this is conversations Chris and I had off mic, and we're going to have on mic here now too. When we created the source section, the question was, where is this strange in time? Like Chris said up front. Right. And also, where does this strange fit in? So the way I view this, Chris, and you can tell me I'm completely wrong or right, but Defender Strange to me is strange working in the Defenders with that hodgepodge of a team, very interesting team, people from all over, one of the most interesting teams in all of Marvel, actually. And he's in a leader role in that team because he is a leader for that affiliation. But Strange is like kind of the most powerful, magical person on that team, right? Yes. And he plays a supporting role in that team. He's not completely focused on offense in that team. He's not just there to no. to let it loose and, and go. He is making sure. He's a massive support. He's a massive support. He's keeping his eyes on the entire picture, the whole field, as it were, and making sure everybody is playing their role, doing what, making sure what needs to happen happens and that the day is saved. But this, this Sorcerer Supreme Strange, as we said, he's with the Convocation group. So that's other excellent sorcerers. Right. These are the closest things he has to peers in the Marvel 616. He does not need to worry so much about supporting them. He can do what he needs to do. They're all kind of an individualized character. And I think that kind of reflects in the Convocation's play 
as well. Yeah. They are a, a very loosely affiliated team in a lot of ways. Uh, doesn't make them less effective. It's just a different style. Whereas the defenders, they need to work together. And that that's the same way in MCP as it was in the 616 in comics. So just another example of AMG just really <laughs> capturing really deep, like kind yes. of metaphysical aspects of lore and <laughs> transferring them to game mechanics somehow. It. It's some weird alchemy, man. So what I'm hearing, Chris, is the Star Wars fan in me here immediately ties these associations where Doctor Strange and the Defenders as a leader he's like a Jedi working with like the rebel Alliance, this ragtag team oh of different my. people. And he's this very magical person that gives his insight cool. and support where he can. He's the one super magical person. Then we got Dr. Strange source Supreme. That's like a Jedi in the Jedi council sitting with the other masters and they off go off and do their own things. Sometimes they go fight a Sith one V one somewhere. I'm thinking yep. Dr. Strange when he fights Stormammu by himself, very iconic yeah, storyline. So it's that type of thing where, both completely valid. Obi-Wan Kenobi, for instance, was in both of those roles at times yeah. in his life. But that's a way to frame this. And that's kind of how we're going to approach the lore today, where it's like, yes, this is the same man. Yes, this is the same character, but a different facet of his life with the route they've chosen to make the character in this game. And we're going to try to do lore the best service we can to what we think AMG wanted to do with this character. That's what well, we got. We're not only going to focus kind of on some differences between Sorcerer Supreme and the Defender Strange, but I do want to do uh, I do want to talk about a, a, a mini series uh, to kind of illustrate okay. what it is the Sorcerer Supreme does. What is his job? And uh, I chose it might be a little bit of a controversial one, but it is a, it is a story I quite enjoy. Uh, it is Marvel's Damnation, and we will get to that once we wrap up this little compare and contrast talk here. Okay, so we're going to focus a lot on that story and obviously the places this strange fits. Now, another thing I, I think worth talking about while we're here, Chris, is let's talk about where this Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme is affiliated in MCP, because I think that'll help guide our lore very well additionally. So... We already mentioned he's in Convocation. So is Defender Strange. So both Stranges are in Convocation. Keep that in mind. But moving on to the Defenders, we have Doctor Strange, the leader. That's the Defenders, Doctor Strange. And we also have Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. So they're kind of guiding us down a path here where there's a lot of overlap. Now, here's where it gets very interesting. This Strange is not in the Midnight Suns, but Defenders, Doctor Strange is. Convocation is kind of its own, you know, leveled mm -hmm. up Midnight Suns in a way, uh, lore-wise, when you think about it. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, and just like in the Defenders and the Midnight Suns, Doctor Strange, no matter which one it is, is going to be the most powerful character in either team. And in Convocation, like I said, that's the only place he's going to find his peers. So it, it makes sense that he's not affiliated with the Midnight Suns to me. Yeah. Personally. That's their teams. That's both Strange's teams. So it, it is kind of where they sit and where we're at with this Strange today. So obviously a focus on the convocation today and his role in that. But just something to think about before we get there, because they both are in Defenders and they both are in convocation, but only Defender Strange is in the Midnight Suns. But Chris, you did mention a series that will tie a lot of this together and kind of put us in the mindset of this strange. I think we just get right into it. Well, as I mentioned, it is it is Marvel's Damnation. There's a few reasons I, I chose this story. Uh, one, I think it is better than it was critically received when it came out. It did suffer some from some issues, uh, namely coming out a year after the event that it was kind of supposed to immediately follow, mm. which was... Uh, Secret Empire with evil Captain America ruling as the leader of Hydra, almost ruling the world. This was written, this miniseries, it's a four issue miniseries. It is a crossover event. It's written by Donnie Cates and Nick Spencer, and it is beautifully drawn, inked, and colored by Rod Reese. And, and I'm serious when I say the art in this is awesome. Like, I really, really love it. And of course, this is kind of Donny Cates' last work with Doctor Strange, as he did, I think, eight or nine issues on the uh, Doctor Strange solo series uh, before Damnation. And after this, he will move on to 
begin his now absolutely legendary Venom run. That's right. So this is kind of an interesting look at him before he kind of blew up. But Jesse, let's get right into it. Damnation is set in a recently leveled, absolutely destroyed Las Vegas. The entire city has been leveled by evil Captain America. And after the Secret Empire has been taken down and and everything has been set to right, the Avengers meet outside of Las Vegas and tell the world that they failed. All they can do is try harder next time, in essence. But Strange cannot handle this. Doctor Strange has been going through a lot the last few years. He's very isolated. He feels very alone. He's been Mm. questioning his effectiveness as a hero, his calling. He's been questioning whether he's even doing the right thing, whether he is even is a hero. Along with Jason Aaron setting up this paradigm of using magic, having a real cost uh, for Strange, this sets us up for Doctor Strange swooping in out of nowhere. And keep in mind, he has been recently powered up at this point in the 616 after becoming the Sorcerer Supreme again. So without talking to anyone, without running it by anyone, no advice from anyone, Strange casts the most powerful spell he has ever cast, and he restores Las Vegas and raises everyone that died from the dead and restores them all to their their pre-death bodies and everything is as it was. Naturally, this is going to have some consequences. This is a pretty mm-hmm. big spell, Jesse. So in Las Vegas at this time, we have Jane Foster's Thor. Love we it. have Sam Wilson, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Hawkeye all here for this you know big press conference and everything. And they're all chewing Steven out and suddenly the ground starts quaking and from the depths of hell itself raises a new premier casino. Of course, running this casino is none other than Mephisto. This is his reintroduction to the Marvel Universe. Mephisto being one of the classic lords of hell. And I guess I should tell you how, Jesse, how... The hell dimension in Marvel works. You have several Lords of Hell. Uh, I think we touched on this in the Hela episode. Uh, She is one of them. Uh, Mephisto, uh, my favorite ever Lord of Hell, of course, is Strong Guy. But, you know, all these kind of various incarnations of the Judeo-Christian Satan that Marvel has introduced over the years, they all kind of vie for souls. Uh, Whoever has the most souls is the strongest. And when they all go to war, which eventually they will, you know, whoever's the strongest is going to come out on top and be the one true ruler of hell. So these lords of hell are always vying for souls. And you see, when Las Vegas was just completely destroyed, that was a massive influx of souls. And Mephisto got those souls. So when Strange raised them from the dead, brought them back, he, from Mephisto's point of view, stole these souls from Mephisto. Now, what's the price for that? Mephisto has to try to get him back. So he takes his casino. Now, keep in mind, when Las Vegas was was destroyed, he's got all these gamblers, all these, all these casino people. He just built some casinos down there in hell. So he b- brings his hell casino up into Las Vegas, starts exerting his power, and he says he's claiming souls to make up for it. But he's only claiming the souls of evil doers. So he says, Jesse, in reality, the tiniest infraction will get you zapped to hell and to eternal torture at the hands of Mephisto and his demons, which I've got to say, very, very well depicted in this issue. Mm. It's, It's pretty comical, you know, in a lot of ways. It's a very Las Vegas feel. <laughs> okay. Uh, fantastic art. Uh, the whole thing. It's just all perfect. So Jesse, this is this is kind of another reason I picked this this series here is because okay. as soon as this happens, you know, clearly Stephen Strange is going to to try to get rid of Mephisto. He's gonna he's gonna have to make a bargain, which you never want to do. Yep. But he's got a plan. So Mephisto and Strange decide to play a little game of twenty one and immediately a blackjack, of course. And immediately Mephisto takes the souls of the Avengers in town of in Vegas and turns them into spirits of vengeance, a la Ghost Rider. 
Insane. Now this is where the story gets good. <laughs> While this is happening, Bats, the spirit dog. Yep, goes town. Has to go to bat for old Steve. Goes and finds Wong. And this is uh, this is a time when Wong and Stranger are not seeing eye to eye. Okay. But Wong, of course, has to step up and he recruits a team to get in there and, and set things to right. And this team is really not very impressive at all. It is Johnny Blaze. It is Blade. It is the Iron Fist, Elsa Bloodstone, and the Man-Thing. So this is the team Wong puts together to go in there. That's the Midnight Suns. It is the Midnight Suns. What do you know? All those members, yeah. Yeah. So to go in and, and bail out old Steve, and of course, they get their butts handed to him, and it's through a, a, a long, quite a few things, but the long and the short of it is, Jesse, Wong is going to outsmart Mephisto. Love that. Bats has to inhabit Stephen Strange's body as Stephen Strange is a spirit of vengeance. Yep. It is absolutely wonderful. Johnny Blaze is turned mortal. He is no longer the Ghost Rider. He dies and then becomes the Lord of Hell himself because wow. Mephisto's on Earth cannot protect his throne. It's a fantastic little series, but and it really illustrates what the Sorcerer Supreme has to do. The burden on his shoulders. Okay. Mephisto completely outclasses any single person on earth he yeah, is uber sure. powerful yeah it's the sorcerer supreme's job to get in there and protect people from these mystical type threats and this is right there it is a bit on the supernatural but in the marvel 616 i think they're kind of yeah. the same and it's a heavy burden and it takes a toll on him and the whole lesson Strange has to learn in this when Bat and eventually he regains control of his body, of course, regains his soul and battles Mephisto. And he has to learn that he is not alone, that he doesn't have to rely only on himself, on himself, not to get isolated in all of his power and not to let the the dark dimension, as it were, those dark thoughts isolate him themselves. And it's really a fantastic story that is beautifully illustrated. And it's also just very fun. You get to see a lot of people ghost right of spirit of vengeance dies with flaming skulls with this awesome art. Uh, it's really, really quite fun. And all the characters that we know and love on this show is just chock full of our favorite characters. So I would highly recommend reading it. If you have not, it is only four issues long. It's great. And it will introduce you to Donny Cates' style, because right after that, you need to get into Venom and the King in Black. Makes a lot of sense. Well, Chris, we get to do something pretty fun today. We get to return to a character in the MCU that has actually appeared a lot more places since when we did his original episode. Oh my gosh. And we did get to talk about one of them. We did recently, which is a big deal. And we actually got to talk about him in this kind of offensive strange role. But Benedict Cumberbatch plays Stephen Strange in the MCU. We sang his praises in the first episode, but we're going to get into a little bit more today. So he has been in several films, notably Doctor Strange 1, which is 2016, yep. then Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame, and then Spider-Man No Way Home, and now Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And also, he played a pivotal, pivotal role in Marvel's What If, and it was Benedict Cumberbatch doing that as well. And keep in mind, Chris, the, the Doctor Strange and What If, which I love so much, my favorite part of What If entirely, his name is Doctor Strange Supreme in those episodes. That's actually his name. So in that alternate numbered universe, that strange, he plays that strange as well. A lot more appearances from when we did our first episode. Look, What If didn't have, I mean, it had a loose storyline. It but did. That storyline was 100% Doctor Strange centric, and it's it was. It's pretty interesting. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the show, but the that's story my favorite episode. That What oh, If Strange yeah. episode is just so good. The illustration of his powers in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, especially when he's in Zombie Strange. Just yes, incredible. Just incredible. And that is, I mean, that's. <laughs> That is the MCU's version of this character, right? So yes, that, that is kind of what we're talking about when we talk about this strange, this this Sorcerer Supreme strange is what Absolutely. you saw in Multiverse of Madness. Which I love so much because also, Chris, it's like we've talked about this many times now. We talked about a Multiverse of Madness episode of our show. We also talked about it on our, I think, our early Strange episode. Doctor Strange's biggest 
power is not necessarily how gifted he is at the mystic arts. It's his ability to think outside the box and kind of break the laws of magic to protect people. And he does that in Multiverse of Madness. He does that in What If. He does that in Doctor Strange 1 when he beats Dormammu. Like the list goes on. He does that in Marvel Damnation, like we just talked about. That is exactly. part of the character. He is reckless, he is egotistical. Right. But he is completely selfless. Yes. If he can save you, consequences, and pardon my <laughs> language, consequences be damned. He that's will right. do it. And he'll deal with those repercussions later, yeah. Exactly. And I think that's what makes him such an interesting character, such a wonderful character to tell stories around. Yeah. It gives him that little, that that Achilles heel, that flaw. Mm-hmm. You that's know, it's, it's a really, really good character. And uh, he's been... The MCU and Cumberbatch have just been amazing for the character in comics. Yeah, like just propelling him up to the top. Exactly. Propelling him to back into the A-list in the comics has really opened up some awesome stories and art and different directions for the 616 to go. Love uh, it. I mean, Jason Aaron and, and Coates, of course, and I mean, big stuff has been happening with him recently. You know, check that out. I'm not going to spoil anything. But sure. <laughs> it's just, it's cool stuff, man. So I, I have a question for you. What is your favorite depiction of Strange in all of these uh, MCU and more recent animated depictions? That's very tough. I would probably say half the reason I love Multiverse of Madness so much is the depiction of Strange we get in that because we get we get so many. our Strange, our 616, and we get him seeing all these other paths he's gone down in other universes, the way he went too far with his power to save people and how it consumed him. Yep. Without giving away too much of the movie and our episode, definitely check that out because we go way deeper in on that. But I think it's that strange. And also it's the what if strange for me, Chris, that, that supreme that strange. The, case. the name of that episode, by the way, is what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands in that universe, Christine dies, right? Instead yes. of his hands. And he continues to try to find ways to save her, use the Iagamoto to go back in time. He gets consumed by pursuing the dark arts, the dark holds. He starts manifesting creatures with himself to give himself more power. Now, what's so cool about that strange is he goes down this incredibly dark path, but by the end of what if they bring it full circle and he's kind of found a way to harness this dark path he went on and back for good, you know, and, and he's by far the most powerful strange we have seen, which is a crazy thing to say, because all these strangers we've seen are very powerful, but that oh, yeah. kind of what if finale strange is probably the most powerful. But to me, it's our 616 Cumberbatch strange because they make a strong distinction that his relationship with America Chavez and his relationship with Christine and his universe, all these things that happened, even his relationship with Wong and Wanda, he makes different choices and he's, he's on a great path, you know, and uh, his power level oh, yeah. is crazy. And I love the ending of multiverse of madness spoilers. If you haven't seen it, but I love the ending where, you know, Clea shows up and he has the third eye and he's like, she's like, you create an incursion. We need to deal with it. And he's like, I'm ready. You know, he just like, you know, you and I talk about that in our episode and the third eye opens and he's like, let's yeah, go. That's right back to that hubis, right? That that mm -hmm. egotistical nature of Stephen Strange, which he'll, yeah. he'll never lose. And Cumberbatch is <laughs> so exceedingly good at portraying it. But he's at ease too with himself now. I feel like exactly. our Strange in the MCU is the least himself. arrogant he's been because he's kind of got this inner peace now about, I can't save everybody. I can't do everything perfectly. I can't manifest everything magical to make the right paths, but I can use my gift to make the right decisions. You know, it's just really interesting. I get a little bit of a different read on it. I, I still see it as a, he's still, I still got arrogant there, of confidence. And mm. I, I think he's projecting it as confidence, but he, especially because there is a Clea in front of him, <laughs> he wants to look good and impress her. And I possibly, mean, you know, who won, I, won't, I, guess. I won't spoil the next movie or whatever, but yeah, or our Clea episode coming very soon. Stay tuned for that. That strategy section will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to say it. Oh, man. But yeah, just really, I think he's evolved a lot as a character. and Absolutely. 
and he is more selfless now than he was even at the beginning. And that's, that's, he's that's grown true. a long way, you that's know, and, true. and his relationships with the kids and stuff being explored with Peter Parker, with, you know, America Chavez, this is very cool stuff they're exploring that is opening him up in different ways that, you know, he doesn't want to do, but now he, now he's like super into it. You know, I mean, losing Peter was tough for him, you know, and now he has America Chavez. So I'm really looking forward to more of our strange in the future, but yeah, that's it for the MCU, Chris. We we're gonna get more of them. It's gonna be great. They've yes. already confirmed that he's gonna be on a Disney Plus animated series called Spider Man Freshman Year. Interesting. So he, I don't know if he's gonna be a mentor to Spider Man in college in this show. You know, when it's yeah. and it's voiced by all the actors, seems like a great concept. But time will tell. He also was in like what if zombies is a zombie strange. So they they've they pursued a lot of things in different ways, you know. So we'll see which directions they go with him in the future. But I, I think the future for him is bright because I think you and I talked about this in one of our episodes. He is definitely one of the A-list older characters left in the MCU, you know, that this oh, gonna yeah. carry a lot of it on his shoulders going forward. And that makes sense. Well, and that's that seems to be what Benedict Cumberbatch wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it seems like he's really enjoyed, at least at, at the end of the, you know, that last phase, it seems he really enjoyed his time as Doctor Strange. And he's really feels a lot like, you know, uh, Downey Jr. and Evans, you know, yeah. really embracing their characters as well, which is cool to see. I mean, I'm not going to be mental. honest. If, yeah. If if I got cast from as a Marvel character, I would be so enthusiastic about it. So I... <laughs> You know, I get it. You know, it's It's cool to be in this. It's good that the stars are nerds as well. Absolutely. And they love these characters as much as we do. It's, it's very good. And because yeah, they, they are continuing more than just a mantle of the character. They're continuing a mantle of like keeping the MCU going with seniority, with seniority, you know, and he's, he's in that role at this time. Very cool. But Chris, we got to move on to Dr. Strange Sorcerer Supreme strategy. Say that five times because he's a pretty intense character. Let's get going. His name is Dr. Strange Sorcerer Supreme. On this podcast, we lovingly refer to him as Supreme Strange to be quicker in our conversations and discussions. I'm sure you've heard on the podcast many times. So Dr. Strange Sorcerer Supreme, Supreme Strange, alter ego, Stephen Vincent Strange. He is a five threat model with the stamina of six on his healthy side. He is a medium sized base with a medium move, just like our classic Defender Strange. Love it. And he has a size of two. His defenses are... Three physical, three energy, five mystic. And on his injured side, Chris, he has a stamina of six again, popping him up to 12. Not bad. Oh, five threat characters are just always my favorite. I agree with that completely. I mean, I think they're my favorite too, but they're also really hard to pin down. Yeah. Because like you get to this point where you get a five threats and like health and stuff doesn't really change much. Movement and stuff exactly. doesn't change much from the four threats. It's, there's, you, there's some you know it's going to be the superpowers. You know, it's going to be the superpowers, but 12 health is good. You know, he's up there with like with a lot of the tankier four threats. Of course, he's no Ursa major or something, but Oof. he's a lot of health and for a five threat, but not crazy. He shouldn't be because he's he's more about his defenses, you know, and it is interesting. He's three physical, three energy, five mystic. There's a lot of reasons for that. We'll get to that. Uh, but once again, Chris, this is that strange we've talked about. That is the Sorcerer Supreme. Let's compare him to Defender Strange, which has a physical of three, again, an energy of four, and a mystic of four. So this Strange gains more mystic defense and loses one energy. It seems fair. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. He's a little less consistent in that regard. He is, but he gains some things other places. Yeah. And keep in mind, they have the same health and they have the same movement, as I mentioned earlier. So a lot of cool things to look at here. You know, I am going to... We're going to do the thing where we talk about some superpowers first. We have to with this one. I think so. And I think really the main thing we need to talk about is the Eye of Agamotto. Mm -hmm. It's an innate superpower on Doctor Strange. In fact, he has four innate superpowers. But we're just going to talk about the Eye of Agamotto before we talk about his attacks because this is exactly what Defender Strange has. I feel like, Chris, now we have a better understanding of this than we even did back then and how good this is. So the Eye of Agamotto, this character can modify and reroll skull dice results. Now, keep in mind, listener at home, if you're new to the game, this might just come off if you read this as, oh, I can reroll my skulls. That's not the case. It's just saying if you have a card or an affiliation or something that's lets you reroll dice, let's talk about Supreme Strange and X-Force, right? Let's talk about it. You could, for that X-Force reroll on attack, 
you could re-roll one of your skulls instead of just like a you know another die. So it gives you a little more consistency. But this isn't you could just re-roll a skull. You have to actually have to use something to re-roll the skull. But it is saying he can touch skulls when no one else can. That's yes, very nice. That's big. Also, this character may re-roll all of his attack or defense dice once per attack. Wowie. So this is actually at the end of all the steps. So you can actually blow up your crits. Your opponent blows up their crits. You see what your attack is. You see what their defense is. Say they rolled abnormally high on defense. You're just like, that's fine. I'm going to pick everything up, including crits. And you can pick up the crits and you should pick up the crits because it makes this Agamotto better. And you're rewinding time and re-rolling all those dice again and just seeing what happens. Now, as the dice lay... That's what you get. There's no, you're not blowing up crits again. Right. You're not doing re-rolls again, unless you do some sort of order. You could do the order a little bit different on re-rolls if you've got something else to re-roll. But very cool. It's it's not a win everything sort of thing, but it is a very nice way to get rid of weirdly bad dice. That's- dice which happen every once in a while to all of us. Yeah, it protects you from those. In theory, it protects you from those just abnormally terrible all blank rolls on defense especially right that's yeah and and that's great because he's an offensive piece in a lot of ways so yeah yeah uh, you know not whiffing on a a big attack is pretty nice i mean it doesn't guarantee you don't whiff but if you do whiff you get to re-roll everything i it doesn't get much better than that yeah yeah it's like fairly anyway if it whiffs the second time i mean at least you had an opportunity to do it again right now I will give credit where credit is due. This is better for a more offensive strange, but probably not as good for a defensive strange like our defender strange because our defender strange gains one power if he rolls one shield. So sometimes you can just be like, I had a bad dice roll and I didn't roll a shield on the defender strange. Might as well pick them all up and re-roll it. And worst case scenario, I get a, a power out of this, you know, and exactly. hopefully I block it too. This strange doesn't have that going for him, but he has a lot of other things going. But just keep that in mind. He can't pick up all his attack or defense dice once per attack. And also, Chris, this is one of those things like, say you rolled average on defense and someone's doing enough damage to still daze you, of course you're going to pick all this up and re-roll exactly. it. Why not? You're going to be dazed either way, right? Might as well maybe not be dazed. Give it another try. The theme is so cool, man. The rolling back time. And it goes back to what you said. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's just giving you more consistency. You're paying five threat for this character. I love how they kind of give you ways to make sure, or at least help you make sure to get those five points worth. Because it's it's hard. Absolutely. But let's go ahead and move on to his attacks with that Eye of Agamotto in mind. His first attack is a mystic attack called Baleful Bolts of Balthak. It's a range three, strength of five, zero power cost mystic attack. So good. It, I love it. After this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt, has a wild pierce, change one of the defending characters crit, wild or block results to a blank. Gross. This is great. I love Pierce so much. Just it's just so great. Yeah, this is um Laura's strike, but a longer range, yep. but it doesn't have the baked in reroll like she has. There's some irony there, but you can Agamoto it. So things get crazy with this, you know, where it's like sometimes you just need one more damage on somebody, and you're just like, you know, I'm gonna Agamoto this because the chance I roll into a Pierce are pretty high. And the chance I roll an average roll are pretty high. Oh, things yeah. can happen, you know? And what's cool about this too is it's just a builder with Agamotto. It's cool. Like you can get more chances at building power consistently with this. And it's mystic. There's nothing wrong with that. And range three, not bad. Not bad at all. Now, our Defenders Strange has a range four builder. So that is a big difference between the two. Our Defender Strange moves characters short. If he deals damage to them, which is he's that defensive. We talked about it. He's that defensive he's a control. control piece. Yeah, absolutely. But this strange pierces and does more damage and gets you more power, ideally with the pierce, right? So different things happening here. Also, you know, the defender strange uses energy attacks. The source supreme strange uses a mystic attack, which makes a lot of sense. Well, he does have one physical attack, Jesse, and I think we got to talk about it. It is the deadly daggers of Daveroth. Range five, strength six, power cost of one. Before choosing a target, this character chooses whether the attack type is physical energy or mystic. If this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the poison special condition. Poison is good. Yeah, losing power in the power phase. Yeah, no complaints. Yeah, I have zero complaints about this. You get to pick their worst defensive 
dice. <laughs> you get to hopefully put a poison on him, and it's five range. Yeah. For one power. I mean, if he's sitting where he needs to sit for the end of the round, I mean, come on. Nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just good, man. No, it's just a solid spender. It's not over the top, and but it's just solid. Range five cannot be overstated. Yeah, one power. Range five is so few like and far between in this game. Like, honestly, there's not many attacks that are range five. So him having that already makes him unique. You know, they're pretty careful in in putting range five attacks in. And I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah. I mean, only the Hawkeyes and stuff like that should have. And yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. Moving on. Strange has one more attack. It's a mystic attack called the Shining Circle of the Seraphim. It's a range area two, strength of seven, power cost of six. We're up there with one of those highest cost spenders in the game getting creeping up on Danny Rand's iron fist pretty crazy but there's reason for this allied characters in range of this attack do not suffer damage from this attack so remember that area attacks and beam attacks deal one damage to your allies you know if the if the beam or the area attack touches them they don't take dice but they take one auto damage from you doing this they don't take that with this which is super cool it has some cool triggers, Chris, that I absolutely love on the spender. It the- does. And <laughs> I love it. I know. And this is kind of, I think this is really the first first example of them putting in kind of this area of effect. Positive. Buffing kind of attack. And I know we're going to get more of them in the future, but I'm very happy it's here. I am too. Yeah. So the first trigger is if you get a wild, you get to trigger cleanse after each attack is resolved. So Say you attack multiple targets with this A2. Say the first attack is resolved and you had a wild in there. This would trigger. So after each attack is resolved, remove one special condition from this character and each allied character within two of it. Now, you got to get wilds to trigger this, but if your team's conditioned out and you attack multiple enemies and you get lucky with multiple wilds that match those multiple enemies you attacked, you could potentially remove all your conditions right from your team or the exactly. bad ones at least. But also, Chris, if you get a wild and a shield, a wild in a block, which is very hard to do, you'll trigger salve. After each attack is resolved, remove one damage from this character and each allied character within two of it. So not only are your allies not hurt by this, but your allies that are in the, your bubble with this, you can potentially remove conditions and heal one damage off of them. It's a mini heal. I find it very cool. It's like a healing factor one, but you got to get these dice results to get it. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah, Good thing you got the eye of Agamotto to exactly. try again. Exactly. And it's so hard to describe in audio format, Chris, because this character is so complex. He is so hard to play. He is my favorite character to play in this game and might be for some time. If not, who knows? We'll see how long this keeps up. But a lot of him is just playing him and getting reps and trying the Bayou of Agamotto and trying these crazy superpowers and like learning how he plays. We can only say so much here on the podcast, but you have a lot of decision trees with this character at all yeah. times, at all times. And you've got to know what to do at a given moment. It's really, it's really tough. Well, speaking of choices, let's get yeah. into some more of them here. <laughs> the choice. The first of his superpowers, his only active superpower is the scalpel of strange. It's going to cost you four power. Choose Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, or a character within range two? A character. A character, not an allied character, a character. Allied or enemy. Very, very nice. Place that character within range three of its current position. A character can be placed by this superpower only once per turn, meaning you can use this superpower more than once per turn. Yes. If you can afford it. If you can afford it, which if you're playing Strange right, hopefully you can. This is something that this Strange has that Defender Strange absolutely does not have. And this is where kind of the road forks, Chris. And people compare their attacks. People compare their stats. Okay, they're pretty comparable. They're similar. One's a little bit more offensive. One's a little more defensive. But now we're kind of at that fork in the road. What Strange do you want? So this Strange can just teleport people away, range three. And this is amazing against super high threat models in the game mm-hmm. the hulks the thanoses the corvus glaives the dormamus you I know mean, not to mention just the obvious end of turn shenanigans you know Last yes activation move somebody off take points from them and yep. gain them yourself that's a big swing you're doing that rounds two and three your game might be over a little sooner than you thought absolutely because i mean this is also a tool to get your allies back to where they were so your allies exactly. got pushed so 
it's one of the hardest superpowers to use in the game because it is close range. It's range two. I, I will admit that's pretty tough. Yeah. But then you get to place them range three. And that's a lot of range, man, especially with base sizes involved. Like you start yeah. you teleporting your own Hulk up the board. Teleport Malekith up the board. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm so excited to do all that. I know, man. It's a huge part of his kit and it is a big, big deal. And it's something we're going to return to here in a minute because there's too much to talk about at the moment, but it's going to make more sense when we talk about his innate superpower. So the first innate superpower is the chosen of Vishanti. Ah, there it is. During the power phase, this character gains two additional power. He gets three power a turn. He's gaining more power than those Asgardians. I love it. He's also got a five dice mystic builder with Pierce. Right. Pierce is huge for power generation. It is. So he's essentially one power away every turn from doing a scalpel, right? Which is nice because he starts at three every turn. Nice. As long as he gains one power, he can get that. But also, as you said, Chris, the scalpel of strange, you can do it for every character you can do it on. You can't do it on one character multiple times, but you could say there was three characters around you. You had a power, you scalpel two away, you double tap that enemy character gets four power and then scalpel yourself or another character away yeah exactly so it's a huge part of this kit now we did talk about the eye of agamotto already this character can modify and reroll skull dice results this character may reroll all attack and defense dice once per attack very good keep in mind not a dodge roll though chris that is his weakness he hates throws big deal oh i love magneto (laughs) right but we've got to close out his card with two more superpowers and This is one of my favorite superpowers in the game, Chris. I love it so much. It's an innate superpower, the Mystic Armor of Strange. When this character is defending against a energy or mystic attack, for each wild in his defense roll, he may change one of the attacker's crit, hit, or wild results to a blank. Dr. Strange then gains one power for each die changed in this way. So multiple powers if he did multiple things. I think this is the rub, man. I think this is it. I think this is the straw that stirs the drink, the cherry on top. This little <laughs> thing is yeah. what puts him over the top to me because sure. you're, you're scalping, is- you're dealing lots of damage. You're getting poisons out. You're mm-hmm. doing a lot of things with him because his yes. power generation is nuts. But this little thing, just getting that little, taking that little bit away, making him a little bit harder to kill. A lot harder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, we're very good at understating here on uh, the Storm's Finest. That's right, Storm's Finest, yeah. We don't want everyone to play Supreme Strange because he's so good. But no, it's no, you're right, Chris. It's it's more defensive and more power. Nothing wrong with that. I just think it's really good, yeah. Yeah, we lovingly call this here on the podcast the Defensive Pierce. Yeah. Because Strange and Magic are the only characters in the game that have this, and I find it very cool that they have a defensive pierce of sorts now it's better than pierce because pierce can only pierce one dice you can't you can't have three wilds showing you say oh i'm gonna pierce three defenses with my pierces no it's only one in my dreams that's what we do yeah of course because we love pierce on the show but this is better than pierce but it telling your opponent quickly it's a defensive pierce cuts through a lot of the chaff now if you get a lot of wilds and you blank all their stuff it's huge now also chris this is condition insurance i've Mm -hmm. learned and played with you can blank Change any those positive dice you want. Blank those wilds. Or Bingo. it's a quicksilver. Blank that combo he wants. <laughs> you know what Stop I mean? Stop that. You weren't supposed to tell him that. <laughs> now, there's, you know, quicksilver punches with physical, so I'd have to be using the books or something to actually use this because keep in mind the Mystic Armor of Strange only works on energy and mystic. That another weakness of Strange is his physical. And we're gonna return to that. But yeah, this is a big deal. And close out the character. He has flight. He has that lizard movement. We always talk about that medium base with yep. that medium move, unhindered by terrain. Love it. He's very fast. Sneaky fast, some would say. Sneaky fast, especially with the scalpel, right? To close the game out, as Chris said, maybe he just has a turn where he double moves over buildings and then he scalpels himself on a back point to close the right. game out. Right. Look, that is that is one of my favorite things about long movers and just movers is is that yep. unexpected, you know, changing of the, the of the side the round. of the field. Yeah, changing Absolutely. the axis of the field. Just it it can really swing games big time. But I've also just really hurt myself doing it too. What's fun, Chris, about this character is we can look at him side by side with Defender Strange. And, you know, we talked about the Mystic Armor of Strange, how good it is. We talked about Scalpel, how good it is. The Defender Strange, let's not forget, he has 
Osher's Refuge, a med pack for his team. Yeah. He also has Hogoth's Hori Wisdom, which is his cable shield, right? For his allies. And he gets more power when he rolls shields. Anytime he rolls dice. So it's crazy because this strange is more the solo Jedi I'm talking about. He's not working with the team. He he is kind of fighting people by himself, you know, taking on multiple enemies well, with his mystic armor, you know? Yeah, it's the convocation thing too, because I'm um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dr. Voodoo, that guy's that guy's a solo monster. He is. You know what I mean? Ancient one. The ancient one's a solo. They're all really yeah. good on their own. Kind of like what I was saying. They're all kind of when I think about them kind of fighting as a team, like kind of cinematically, you know, it's always each member kind of fighting a couple of other things by themselves. Absolutely. In my in my head, you know, but yep. web warriors, you know, they're all interacting and flipping here and there and and things and but these these folks are all yeah strong and independent absolutely and this strange is very strong and independent and it's just it's cool because that defender strange is definitely more of a team player keeping his team defensive safe you know giving them the affiliation defenders leadership right let his allies change their attack types you know it's just cool to see both stranges in these roles now chris we're gonna start talking about convocation tactics cards we're just gonna talk about one today because it's very important to understanding Doctor Strange and the Convocation going forward. It's the Ironbound Books of Shimagorath. You love it. You take it as a Convocation player every time. This is your Avengers Assemble for Convocation, and it is absolutely stellar with Supreme Strange. Convocation active, so it has to be during your player window. A Convocation player may spend two power during the power phase to play this card. So you have to pay two power off of one of your convocation members. Cannot be a splash member of your team. Keep that in mind. This round, when enemy when an enemy targets you with an with a physical attack, you may choose to change the attack type to Mystic. When an ally character is KO'd, after the effect is resolved, you may return this card to your available team tactics cards in your hand. This card may be played again this game. Keep in mind that says KO'd, not days. But the main reason you're taking this card, Chris, is this first clause. This round, when enemy targets an ally character with a physical attack, you may choose, may, to change the attack type to Mystic. And this actually applies to all your allies that are splash in your team as well. So this is all Convocation affiliated models you have on the board for this entire round. Not just Convocation, just your whole team. Yes. Okay. So you're- wow. Okay. Oh, but a Convocation affiliate affiliate must play it. Okay. Convocation member has to pay for it. Of course, you got to be mainly affiliated with Convocation, just like you would any normal team. Most of your model team has to be Convocation. But say I have Baron Zemo on my team. Yes, I'm going to use his Mystic Defense this round because it's better than his physical because he has an an amazing Mystic Defense with that helmet on. So very cool. And obviously, this gets around Supreme Strange's biggest weakness, which is his physical defense and not being able to use his Mystic Armor of Strange for one round. For one round until an ally is KO'd and then it comes back and you play it again. That's true. That's true. And I mean, let's be honest, points for a Shumagorath reference, favorite named villain. It's amazing stuff, right? It's just amazing stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. This card is awesome. Like it's essential. And it really, it really nerfs that X-23, which otherwise could just tear a character like Supreme Strange up. That's very true. You hate losing a five threat to to a bullseye doing a few pin cushions or mm-hmm. or Laura just getting, you know, a cup last of the round, top of the round, good rolls. You just hate it. It's just a little no, bit absolutely. of insurance, you know? It's a big deal. And I guess while I'm here, I'm gonna talk about one more card that comes with Strange. It's the book of Cagliostro. It's convocation active card. So once again, has to be on your turn. Choose a convocation character. The chosen character and two characters within three of it may spend two power each to play this card. It's cost six power, essentially. It's very intense. Uh, keep in mind, the two characters within range three of your convocation person you picked, they don't have to be convocation. They just have to be on your team. So that's helpful. Remove the activated token from the chosen convocation character. During the cleanup phase, you may discard two Team Tactics cards. If you do, return this card to your available Team Tactics cards. This card may play it again this game. I don't think that last part ever really happens much because no. two Team Tactics cards is a lot. But getting Doctor Strange to go again, we've seen how good Cosmic Invigoration is on the Red Skull. When somebody takes damage from the queue and they get to go again, it can just be absolutely devastating with MODOK, right? We've seen it many times. This is harder to pull off than the Red Skull one. You got to have three characters involved. This is some big plays, but on a gamma, Demons Downtown, this could win you the game. 
Strange gets to go twice in one turn, or Dr. Voodoo gets to go twice in one turn, breaking a game state rule. Absolutely gross. It's gross. Yeah. It's a card I've played very little because I found it was very hard to pull off. And obviously, you want to only play it on certain objectives that are pretty tight, right? You're not going to play this right. on a spread map. What a waste. But I think we're going to see more of this card in the future. And it comes with Strange. And I think it's pretty cool to get Dr. Strange to go again either Doctor Strange, Defender Strange, or Convocation Strange. They just because they just do so much on their turns. Especially if you can do if you can get them powered up early in the game somehow. And I mean Supreme Strange powers himself up quick anyway. So Yeah. Yeah. This could be a real, real huge deal. Anytime you play it, like you said, requires setup, requires forethought, a lot of investment. So if you do whiff on those big if it's if you're using it to get in a lot of attacks, get a lot of dice out. It, there's always a possibility of whiffing. I almost feel like this is better for Defender's Strange. Yeah, because he can just move people, right? Exactly. Will with his attacks. Yeah, and then hopefully get more heals off that he wouldn't have gotten in the game because those actions didn't exist in the normal game of MCP. He basically netted two more actions on top of the normal actions of the game. So yeah, I think it's absolutely super cool card. Just we see it less. And then some of the other complication cards and that sure. perfectly is fine. That's perfectly fine. But Chris, we're, we're closing out like we always do strategy. Just talk about where Strange is in the game. I already talked about him at the top of the top of the show. He's in Defenders. He's in Convocation. And that's it. He's not a Midnight Suns member. It's he's so only got weird. Two teams. I mean, it makes sense. Like, like we talked about with the episode, it makes sense, but it feels weird. It does feel weird. But I think he's an amazing member in these teams for good reason. Now, here's where it gets weird. Where the state we're at in the game right now. He's in Defenders. You can't actually play him in Defenders unless you're not you're, unless you're playing leaderless Defenders. Yeah. For the time being. That just speaks to me, though, Chris. That means I'm going to return to Defenders because I played so much oh, of the Oh, I know. Round. As soon as they get their low-cost leadership, Jessica you're Jones going to be doing... Yeah, you're going <laughs> to be doing Strange. Supreme Strange focused uh, mm-hmm. Defenders. I already know this. <laughs> I have known this. Yeah, worried about it. Nah, I mean, I'm not, it's, no, I'm not worried about that one. That one will be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to test. I'll be a I'll be a much improved player by that point too. Very good. Yeah, no defenders was uh probably one of my earliest deep dives, honestly, Chris, in this yeah, game. I remember a team I played a lot and loved a lot. It was very annoying against that under underpowered X Men list I had back then. That's right. Just didn't, just didn't have the models we had now. No, definitely not. And you and know, I also wasn't great. And sadly, now defenders are sitting at the bottom of every team it'll but it'll change it'll, it'll change. change they've got an amazing affiliation list they just need some cards and i'm really looking forward to them getting some cards i just want daredevil i want playable daredevil so 100%. bad we all met up playable Dare, daredevil he's one of those one of those early four threats you know that just just did, needs one has thing. never ever quite stacked up maybe they errata him in the future maybe we get a new version you know who knows who knows amazing model but yeah that's it for this the strangest teams where can the strange go anywhere you want a big five threat model that's a threat now what's interesting chris i will say with this strange something to keep in mind because people ask me this all the time because they know i love this character jesse where do i play this strange outside of convocation that's up to you i don't really know the answer to that because we've talked about in this game five threats can be put a lot of places but at the same time they always have their shining star place you know and it's a good example top of my head Ghost Rider. He's so good in Midnight Suns and Guardians. Absolutely. But you can play him other places. It's not that he's bad other teams. He's actually, in fact, really good in other teams. But he's so good in Midnight Suns and Guardians that it's like sometimes it's hard to put him other places. And I think Supreme Strange is very similar. I think it's like you're crazy not to play him in Convocation, right? But then, like, do you have the space and other teams to play him? I try to play him a lot of other places and I have played him a lot of places with success, but it's like, is there a five threat in that affiliation, right? Exactly. There might be a better choice. I, I really think that five threats are the land of, they're the build around pieces. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, there are, we've seen bigger threat than five. We've seen Thanos be able to be splashed wherever he wants. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to see Malekith everywhere. 
you know, Hulkbuster's rarely even a leader, but oh, yeah, you see these huge six threats that can go wherever. Yeah. But five threats half, they're not six. They've got that little bit notched less of power. A lot of times it's yeah. their health or, or their power generation, something small like that. And you yep. just have to set them up to perform like a six threat. And that means tailored situations like you're talking about. And I just, I think that's the realm then that five threats live in. And that's okay. I think that's what makes them fun. Well, it's also like we cannot understate the validity of affiliated cards, right? It's like yes. Thor is a solid five threat anywhere, but guess what? When he's in Avengers and Asgard, he gets access to all their great cards. And it's like obviously he's better in those teams because of that. You know what I mean? So five threats are interesting in that way. It's it's a very weird world we live in. But yeah, it's the same thing too, Chris. As more as the game grows, more as we get other threat characters of different numbers outside of five, the more places five threats can go too, you know? It's teams grow. It'll open up. Yeah. So I think you can play strange anywhere you need an offensive threat that takes the focus of your enemy. So I mean, great examples just, you know, that are cool places like Cabal, great. He's great. He he could be Modoc, but why not play strange there, right? We've also talked about teams that have other high threat models. You can throw him in there to stay tall, right? So mm. like a team like A Force, right? Like you yeah. can just bring in Strange and just guarantee you go tall and that power out. you would he'll be generating in Air Force too is just I love ooh, it. it makes me makes me <laughs> all the possibilities, you know? Yep. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> just putting She Hulk everywhere, man. Yeah. And it's like you could play Amazing Peter and web wears, or you could play Supreme strange with a reroll on defense into that mystic pierce on defense or whatever, you know, there's, there's fun stuff. I just, it's not that you can't play him all these places. It's just that he is so strong convocation that it's hard to think outside of it until we get another defenders leader. And then a lot of new conversations open up. And I think that's fine. I think this is a more specialized strange and that's perfectly fine place for him to be. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on social media. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps the show grow. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our show's music. And like Jesse said, please keep help spreading the word it means so much to us and we always appreciate it you guys are literally the best keep it up and we will also you can find chris and i on online you can find me on twitter and instagram at jesse aiken that's j-s-s-e-e-a-k-i-n where i post non-mcp stuff usually (laughs) yeah kind of same star wars stuff family stuff you know some mcp stuff especially on twitter i'm starting to do more of that for instance i did you know retweet ominous's awesome picture he insisted on taking of uh me winning lso and he's like jesse who's your mvp of the day and i was like i he said the mvp's got to be in the picture and i was like it's probably beast and he's like but wasn't in storm in every game and i was like she was he's like storm was actually i'm like you're right (laughs) <laughs> Pull Storm out. Storm's finest. Let's take this pick. That's, that's that's what that's what it is for now. That's what it is for now. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T, uh, where I mostly uh cyber bully uh senators these days. Whoa. And beg for beg to get banned. <laughs> really. <laughs> Throwing a little basketball and you got Chris's Twitter. There it is. Oh, can't wait. Chet looks good, man. Chat again. The, I like the these Ooh, little chat nuggets at the end. But yeah, well, this was a really fun episode uh, about my favorite character to play in the game, and you know, a character I'll keep getting more models for because I love all sculpts of Doctor Strange. But also, I'm looking forward to more Defender Strange in my future again too, Chris. Like, just these are great models that have different yeah. roles in the game, and I love and that. He's, I mean, he's just one of my favorite characters. You know that Jason Absolutely. Aaron Strange Same. run is super fun. Donnie, you know, Donnie Coates takes over for nine issues after that, and it's super fun he's just they've really nailed him lately and he's 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 good yeah one more can be said it's a wonderful character and an amazing character in the game so we hope you guys will play him thanks for listening true believers excelsior the world has gotten even stranger than you already know at this point i doubt anything would surprise me ten bucks says you're wrong 